It's the Owl360 Podcast, and we're here with Principal Lori Lister from Cortland. So what's going on with the Eagles? We are excited to be back this semester. The students got back and got to back to work right away. Um, this year, we're focusing on our PBS model. We have implemented the Eagle expectations, so we are setting our um, area expectations throughout the school, working on safety, ownership, achievement, and respect in all of those areas. So the, this part of the PBIS, the whole thrust of the corporation. Yes. So your expectations now is there a like a reward system for the kids, or how do you how are you doing it? How are you keeping track of it? That kind of thing. Um, just a lot of reminders. There aren't exactly rewards. Um, we always do a nine-week celebration at the end of every nine weeks for students that go um, do what they're asked to do, make good grades, things like that. But we're just mainly just trying to implement not only the kids, but working with the faculty and staff on setting those expectations and making it building-wide so the students know wherever they're at, that's an expectation mm-hmm. for mm-hmm. them. So. And part of the PBS, is there a team at, at Cortland? Yes, there is. Um, it's made up of our kindergarten teacher, Mrs. Fallis, our fourth grade teacher, Mrs. Birdsong, our special education teacher, Mrs. Wiggum, and then our social worker, Mrs. Nicholson. Okay, so, excellent. Mm-hmm. So in part of PBIS, what I really like is it, it kind of gives those a reminder to students, a daily reminder. It's there on the walls and that kind of thing. Is there a certain area that you guys have? All, is this all throughout the school? It's all throughout the school, and each um, day on the announcements, I, if I see an area that may be not meeting our expectation, I remind them of the expectation so that so it's just a kind of a daily constant reminder of what we expect throughout the building in different areas. And what I like about it, it's a common language. Exactly. The teachers and the kids all have a common language and common expectations. Yes. Okay. Anything uh, sports-wise going on out of Cortland? Uh, we had a great girls basketball season that just wrapped up. Um, we were undefeated up until the tournament where we lost a tough battle to Brown in our first game. Oh, no. Okay. But, um, Good for Brown. I wouldn't put anybody. You know what I mean. That's right. Yeah, yeah go there. Bears, right? <laughs> so we had um, a great season of fourth and fifth grade girls that came out and played. They did a great job, and they grew just tremendously, and we were super proud of them. Okay. Well, anything coming up? Any daddy-daughter donut things? We have a lot of things coming up. Um, We have PTO movie night um, coming up. We have donuts for dads, muffins for moms, all those fun things um, that the PTO puts on for us. Does Cortland still roller skate? We do not. No, I, that, that's been a long time ago. Yeah. I, I remember when there used to, yeah, we used to look forward to that. Yes. It was kind of a roller skate. No, we don't do time. that anymore. <laughs> well, it's kind of dangerous, <laughs> it and dangerous. kids can get hurt and stuff. Okay. Well, Lori, anything else we want to talk? What if parents want to get a hold of you? Best way is email. Email is a great way where they can call into the school um, and either talk to me then or leave a message and I'll get back to them just as quickly as I can. Mrs. Kleber. So, Mrs. Yes. Kleber is always there. Yep. Yes, she'll she's there, there for you. Well, time. I think one thing that I really strikes me about Cortland, though, great community involvement for that area and a lot of people are very much involved Um, if a parent would like to volunteer at the school what do they need to do Um, definitely contact our PTO Um, that is where most of our volunteer opportunities run through so and the PTO is always looking for volunteers so either they can contact us and we can get their name to the PTO officers or um, they can contact the PTO officers. Fantastic. Well, thanks, Lori, for the time. And we'll be talking shortly again about testing. Yes. Thank you. All right, it's the Out360 Podcast. Today, we are joined by Ms. Diane Altemeyer and Ms. Lori Lister. And let's talk about WIDA testing. 
Yay! So the WIDA access window is coming up. Um, it starts January 20th, which is, as of today's taping, next Monday. Um, each building has an individual schedule, and the length of their assessments will vary depending on the number of, uh, or the length of their window will vary depending on the number of students that they're testing. So the buildings should have their schedules in place, and you can um, help by being flexible and helping EL teachers that administering the test or the classroom teachers. You may be asked to supervise some students or help with additional um, supervision duties or just in general be there to support your colleagues that are administering the assessment and the students as well. Well, Diane, for the for, for parents that may listen in, what exactly is WIDA testing? Yeah. I mean, so the WIDA access is our federally required language assessment test that we give every year to English learners to assess their growth in English language acquisition. Okay, mm-hmm. and it's this. Re- it just reported to the state, or gets reported to the gov- federal government. I just don't both. It is an accountability measure under the federal accountability and the state accountability. Um, so students have individual growth targets that they have to hit for their language acquisition each year, and um, they are measured from a level one through four. And once they reach a level five, then they're considered a fluent English speaker and are no longer receiving services once they reach that level five. What's amazing. So that's the goal. What's amazing is some of our students, they're already bilingual. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, by the and time. And try in many cases. They yes. have more than two languages. Yeah. And it's just like, gosh, you know, that's such a, I think, a step up is when it comes to uh, college and jobs mm-hmm. and being a translator or anything else. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Okay. Now, there are, again, you said there are, there are four levels, so there are four different tests, too. There is a listening, reading, writing, and speaking. Yeah. So the language acquisition does have the four domains, which you mentioned, and uh, each one of those make up a composite score, um, or each one of those go to make up a composite score to reach that level five proficiency level. Okay. And then uh, how do we, as a corporation, how do we use that score? I mean, what, what do we do with this? So we use it to base their EL services um, and their placement um, in in those EL services. We use it to help with their um, interventions. If the student is in need of interventions, we look at their language level. Uh, We use it for um, communicating um, expectations when it comes to their growth. And it's just really a general measure of their English proficiency. And one of the things that's the most helpful, I think, when you look at the WIDA access scores are in the WIDA framework are the can-do descriptors that go with each one of those levels. So a level one student has a set of can-do descriptors of things that you'll be able to see them do at a level one. And the same as they progress to a level two, some basic indicators of what they'll be able to do with level two language and on up through the the levels to level four. And those can-do descriptors can be found in elevation in the student's profile. And, it, and it's specific to each domain. So if they're a level one in reading and maybe a level three in speaking, it'll have the can-do descriptors for each one of those domains. And that's very helpful to classroom oh, gosh, teachers yes. to know what kind of expectations around language to have for each student. And to help individualize their education. Right. I mean, mm-hmm. so I think that, that really it's a great tool if we, if we can actually utilize it. How long does it take to get the data back? Um, we usually have the first initial scores that are still embargoed um, in early, late April, early May. And then we work on getting those prepared for the next, next year's year. okay. um, 
ILPs and, and placements. So, so really, it won't really affect a lot this year because we're working on last year's WIDA scores right. really this so, year. So, yes. Yeah, so the scores that are in elevation right now that teachers can see are the 2019 WIDA access scores. But as soon as we get those back, I do get those uploaded into elevation. So as soon as we have them, teachers will be able to see those as well in elevation. Now, Lori, I know there's a lot of, can you give us just a little bit of prep? You're our school district uh, testing coordinator. What goes into preparing for the WIDA test? Is that a lot of information, a lot of work, as much as I learn? I'm sorry, go ahead. Um, it goes, um, it starts back in October. Um, Barb Grant, our state reporting lady, does an upload to the um, DRC, which is what houses all of our information um, for that. So she will do that. And then we, just starting in January, check and make sure all those kiddos are in there. Anybody that moved in will have to add in. And then we get testing sessions created, testing tickets created. So there is a lot of work that goes into it before the kids can actually sit down and take the test, which um, the school test coordinators have been working on diligently the last week or so. I know creating the schedule can be difficult, especially at a secondary level. And especially now, we are serving approximately, I think, 13... 75, 1,375 level one through four English learners across the corporation. Um, and some of our buildings have um, many students that they're testing. So we even listed the help of not only our EL teachers, but classroom teachers to help administer the WIDA access as well. Um, it, it really is, it transcends just an EL department. These are all our students. The EL, EL students are everyone's students and everyone should be involved in some capacity in ensuring that they're successful. And many of our teachers have volunteered to help administer the assessment and we appreciate that greatly because we want to create the best testing environment that we can for our students. So if they're not, if so if you're not a teacher and you're not administering the test, you can play a role in helping in other ways too. Covering you know, like a class. Covering a class or, um, you know, stepping up to, to help with a teacher that may be ministering, making sure they get a chance to eat lunch or, you know, just a lot of different Covering things that duty. we can do yep. to, to help um, as a team effort to ensure, because this is a, this is an accountability measure assessment that's just as vital for growth um, as I learn or, um, you know, the ECAs used to be at the high school, those type of things. So um, it, it really is a team effort and everyone, whether they have English learners in their classroom or not, really need to be involved and aware and um, engaged in this this assessment in some capacity. Well, I know Diane, uh, Lori had said that, you know, any questions, please email her. But same with you, just email mm -hmm. teachers, right. parents, mm -hmm. email. Lori and I do a lot of collaboration and work together on this. I know as the testing coordinator in a previous role, <laughs> um, it, it is a big um it is a big thing to wrangle. So I try to help Lori as much as possible. Lori is probably the best person to go to when you have actual testing administration questions. I'm more of the, you know, how can I help with scheduling or, um, and if I don't know, I'll go and ask Lori. But both of us are willing to help and, and here to help support the buildings and the teachers and the students as we embark on, on WIDA access. And one thing to remember, while our windows either close February 7th or February 14th, depending on how many students you service in your school. The state window is open till February 28th. So any student that comes in new to us that has not taken the WIDA um, after that February 7th or February 14th date, we mm -hmm. still have to administer the WIDA test to mm -hmm. them. So you may be thinking, well, my 
windows closed, why is the EL teacher still giving WIDA access tests? That's because any new student that comes in, we are still required to give them that test. What so, if they come in from a different, do, do all states, Diane, use the WIDA test? So there are 35 states in the United States that are WIDA states. I think at last count it was 35. So it's a good chance that if a student is, but the test administration window for states vary. So they could have been in a WIDA state and not taken the assessment yet for 2020. Okay. But if they have taken it, do we administer that test again? As long as we can verify that they have a score at their, they will have a score at their old school. Well, I appreciate your work. Thank you. I know it's a busy season. Lori coming up, it won't be long till we're talking about I Learn Testing. And I'm sure we'll have a complete podcast dedicated to that. <laughs> it is the testing semester sometimes. Test semester. Yes. Yep, test one semester. of my friends told me one time I've latched onto that. Okay, so you know, you guys, we continue to soar to excellence. Everyone. Every day. It's the Al360 Podcast. In this segment, we're joined by Mr. Brian Rodman and Mrs. Lisa Ferguson. So, Mr. Rodman, what I wanted to ask, I know you've been very busy on top of all the computer uh, and one-to-one activities you do, but we're getting ready to have a new student management system for the corporation, correct? Correct. And for those of you who don't know, a student management system is basically what runs the school, the computer program that runs the school, correct? It's basically a a data warehouse uh, that collects all of the discipline, the attendance, the uh, grade system, the schedule system, uh, everything that we can track that we need to track based on what the state's saying uh, on all students and some of staff things too. Does does the state have certain things they want to see in every deli- in the management do. system. We, we have a full-time person that basically does state reporting uh, and all of that is just the data that the state is mandating that we keep track of and so that's her job is, is either a weekly, monthly, semi-annually uh, report system that, that we have to give data to the state. We've heard of, I've heard the uploads, right? right? Then that's the uploads mm-hmm. to the state or yep. the downloads from the state. Right. And that's Mrs. Barb Grant, is that it, correct? It is Mrs. Barb Grant, uh, and she's responsible for making sure that we are compliant in, in everything that we submit to the state, uh, which is quite a bit. Um, but uh, it allows us for our funding. I mean, it does tie mm-hmm. funding to it, uh, but it also ties all of the, the grades to our, our schools and systems, too. And I know, Mrs. Ferguson, from the superintendent point of view, you can, at one touch, you can see what schools are uh, performance-wise. I mean, it's a performance data. I mean, how the students are doing and stuff like that as well. Yeah, when uh, a parent calls in and maybe we need information, addresses, I can look up a student. I can uh, look at um, their grades, any of that information, attendance mm-hmm. that I might need. Um, you know, it used to be you would have to contact the school years and years ago. But now that we have these student information systems, it puts all that information not only at our fingertips, but just in the blink of an eye, you can uh, have that right in front of you. So you can check grades of a student, you can mm-hmm. check uh, behavior if, if need be. Right. So it's a pretty complex system, I guess, from a computing standpoint. It is. Um, it, you know, it's, it's fortunate that the, you have companies out there that this is what they do. So this is, we've uh, selected one that we can Well, that's right. We wanted to jump in there real fast, Mr. Rodman, is that we are going to a new system or we are in the process of going to a new system? Uh, We are going to go to a new system. Uh, We had a committee together uh, that started at the beginning of the school year to look at this. Um, To to come back just a little bit is that we talk about why are we doing this, and let me jump into that real quick. Um, We are going to change 
but that was something that the state is coming out with uh, some guidelines for us to be able to follow and unfortunately the system that we're currently using uh, is not going to follow those guidelines. They've been bought out by another company uh, and they want you to either join their new company uh, or jump to another company. And so we have uh, gotten a committee of close to 30 people together represented across the board. It was teachers, it was staff, it was secretaries, transportation, library, uh, food service uh, was involved in this committee in the selection process. And so we got together three or four times. Uh, we brought in different vendors, had them demonstrate their wares uh, and, and demonstrate what their program could do and, and offered for us and narrowed it down to two. And we met again with those top two. Uh, and after that, then they came back, the top two came back uh, demonstrated more of the program of what they could do for Seymour Community Schools and we selected a new one after that. Does the uh, Indiana Department of Education have a list like here's the ones we would like you to choose from or here's the ones we like or is that kind of... They, 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 don't, they don't mandate of which one. They do show which numbers of, of who has what. So how many have selected this product or that product. Uh, they do put guidelines out though that they want the, you to follow the, the certain guidelines to make sure that you're ensuring that they can get the data from that whatever provider it is. So they do have certain guidelines and if you can adhere to those guidelines you're a, you're a preferred vendor at that point. Is there certain things that, that you were that the committee was particularly looking for, like ease of use or ease of entering data? Yeah, I mean, it, it, it's it, we've gotten to the point where we don't have just students and staff relying on this. We have parents relying on this software too, because now we have the parent portal for people to mm -hmm. that all the parents mm -hmm. can log into and check in their students' grades, their discipline, and all that too. So we wanted to find one that that would be enable that still to do, because our, our parents are used to that, our students are used to that. We see them logging in all the time at home, trying mm -hmm. to get their mm -hmm. grades and that. Mm -hmm. So we wanted to have one that was ease of use that way. We wanted one that was going to make a transition. Uh, there was some financial implications to it too. I mean, we wanted to look at one that was cost effective, um, but that it was also one that that uh, was going to be an easy trans. What we hope is going to be an easy transition from one to the other. Well, I know some districts even still have a hodgepodge. They might have this for their parent-student portal and another system for grades and keeping track of stuff. So right. what we're looking at is one that. We have we have we bought a, pa a package that will contain all of that. I mean, that it, it is just a student management system, but it was also it will also be our online registration, uh, so it will be part of that too. Um, so, but it also provides the parent portal. So, I mean, there's some things that it, that it does all the state reporting too. So, can you announce what what our new program yeah. will be? Uh, we have we've decided to go with a program called Harmony. Um, it is one that is the second. Uh, most widely used in the state of Indiana. Uh, it is a company that is based in Indiana. They only do Indiana customers. They provided the uh, support, what we felt like was a, a, a valuable tool, which is the support in the transition from one to the other. Uh, and that was a key element we felt like that was, that was going to be because we're going to go through some growing pains, whatever program we decided to do. But their focus is uh, Indiana. They don't have any others besides the state of Indiana. So felt like that was a, a bonus for us going to them because they understood when we were talking about state reporting or any kind of initiatives that were going on in Indiana, they knew about it. And I think it's what you had touched on earlier. It's key that that transition because we're going from one program to another and there's right. scheduling that has to be done. All these things have to be in place sure. for next year to hit the ground running. And, and that's typically our students and staff um, we'll not see anything different until next year. We're going to go ahead and schedule with um, the, the old existing one, so the schedules will look the same, the report cards will look the same if we send them out. All of that will be done, so it doesn't really have an impact on any of our staff this year. 
Uh, we'll be doing a lot of training this summer from mm -hmm. principals to mm -hmm. secretaries to staff, uh, but we'll also have to have some sort of announcements for the, the public to be able to see how they're going to obtain their child's records or data that they want to from the online portal. What's funny is the kids, they'll be right on it. It'll be us old, yeah, old yeah. you know, oh, what, what yeah. do you do here? Oh, yeah. What are you going to do be, here? Well, that or when it goes away and then have a new one, that'll, that'll be the questions coming from the kids. How do I get to that? It's a, it's an interesting thing because uh, the principals have to come to me and, and uh, we have to lock down the, the parent portal for a while because they want to check their schedules for the upcoming year and it may not be completed yet, so yes. we have to make sure we lock that because the kids are on that one, knowing what classrooms or who do I have for teachers, who's in my class, all that kind of stuff. It's amazing already. I mean, even in sixth grade and seventh grade, the students are looking ahead to their schedule. You know, I've, I mean, in the first quarter, I had students, Mr. Hubbard, uh, in fourth quarter, I have art. I'd really like to take STEM. <laughs> and I remember back when I was in middle school, it was it was junior high then, but it was almost like, well, I don't know, I'll take whatever they give me, yeah. what's going to come up? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, no, they're very involved. I mean, the kids anymore are, are very involved in, in wanting to know how they get into that and, and uh, making sure they can have access to it. So they're, they're very uh, attuned to, to what they what they want to do and how they plan it. Is this like a program we buy and we're in charge of maintaining, I mean, as far as a district and L all that? Luckily, no, uh, okay. anymore. We, we do not host. Uh, they will host it for us, okay. uh, which, which allows us to do some things that we might not have been able to do, which is that online. So uh, say a teacher wants to work on grades at home. Um, in the past, it was very difficult without it being an online mm -hmm. uh, provider. Mm -hmm. So anymore, no, it's, it's an online. We don't host. We don't have to protect it. Uh, we just have a, a portal to get into it and to log into it. So they can do it from anywhere. Uh, if you have a grandparent or a parent that doesn't live in this community and they still want to have access to the discipline, the grades, the attendance, it's right whatever, there. it's right there that they can, all they have to have is that link or they can go to our website and find how they get the information. So really the transition, we will start, I think on the back corporation, we will start, what do you think about in April, May, making that transition over the backside of right. it? Right. The, the, what we're going to try to do at, at this point is try to clean up uh, what we have because we've we've accumulated just like anybody else their houses they accumulate mm -hmm. lots of stuff mm -hmm. we've accumulated a lot of data uh, within the the existing program so in order for us to be able to clean that up that's what we're going to do next is is the cleanup process so that we're not transferring data that should not be transferred so that's our first process but that'll be in the back end of it the realistically we're going to try to use the uh, registration piece for a kindergarten roundup that's what we're going to try to do oh gosh, okay. uh, so we may try to do some of that uh, but then this summer is when it really kicks in to start that piece of conversion from what we use now into to harmony and so it, it'll interface okay with the old program we have. Yeah, they have, they have done transitions before from okay. from what we're using currently right now into what they have. So they they've had that before. It, it will be based on what kind of data we can get them, and that's that's what we'll have to do is is to be able to work through some some uh, logistics that way too. In closing, Ms. Ferguson, anything you would like to add about our uh, new management system? Yes, I. I would just like to say that our intent with this segment is just to put it on folks' radar and let them know that they may see some different names coming home. In the, in the past, you know, at, toward the end of the year, we would send home snap codes. Mm -hmm. Since mm -hmm. we're switching away from that, that's probably not something you're going to see again. You'll, the, I'm sure Harmony, which we don't know that yet, but I'm sure that they have information and access codes that will have a different name. But just, you know, having that awareness that, hey, I heard something about this is what we're we're looking for at mm -hmm. this point and more specific information uh, look for uh, a mailing that's how we've handled mm -hmm. that in mm -hmm. the past mm -hmm. 
and I cannot emphasize enough that a student information system, any of our programs are only as good as the data entry. And you've heard Mr. Rodman talk today about how our funding is very dependent on that. So we count on our, our parents or other caregivers who enter that information to please keep it as accurate as possible. Uh, and then, you know, Mrs. Grant working with our buildings to make sure that that information is in, in a timely fashion and that it is uploaded. Brian uh, Rodman mentioned that it was, um, there was uh, an initiative that started that and if you're interested in checking that out you can find it on the IDOE website. It's called the LINK initiative and what the IDOE is getting to is actual uh, pulling of real-time data. So at any time they will be able to see how many students do you have in your building? And as you know, our funding as a corporation, our ability to provide the programs, the teachers, the materials to our students is based on the funding that we get. And that funding comes from the number of students. So having that information and a system that we can rely on is very important. So IDOE has a lot of great information. You're welcome to check that out. But we just wanted everyone to know that Mr. Rodman, his committee, and Seymour Schools is on top of it to make sure that we have the best programming and services available to our students. I think, and, and in closing, I have to, I can't stress enough, thank you, Mr. Rodman, for the time you've put in, in on this. I know that it's just getting started. His hair is starting to turn gray yeah. right now as we talk. What little I have left. Yes, <laughs> thank you. Yeah. So thank you both very much. Okay. I appreciate all the work. So. This has been the Al360 Podcast, where we're soaring to excellence. Everyone. Every day. It's the Al360 Podcast, and with us this afternoon are Mrs. Lisa Ferguson, our Assistant Superintendent, and Mr. Brandon Harp, our Superintendent. And we just wanted to get together and kind of give a state of the schools. You know how politicians do a state of the union, a state of the schools. <laughs> I know we've got yeah. a lot going yeah. on, but I know you guys have been really busy. Uh, I wanted to talk to you a little bit about the strategic planning, uh, what that's about. Mr. Harp, can you go over the goals and what the exact strategic sure. planning yeah, so one of the big things that from 2019, uh, we got the board together in February for a weekend retreat, and that's where uh, we, we really started working together on, the, on a strategic plan. We got input from administrators, we got input from the association, and then we, we finalized that with the board on that weekend in, Feb, in February. And, uh, and started the development of this plan. You'll remember we came up with, uh, we finalized our vision and mission and all that. But the three goals that the board came up with for uh, the strategic plan, uh, goal number one was they wanted to see more marketing and branding of our district. Goal number two was based on academic achievement and that was um, outside of just the, the testing subjects. They, they wanted data proven, data backed uh, academic growth. And then goal number three was based on uh, our facilities. And uh, Mrs. Ferguson, she's involved with the, with the goal number one and goal number two committee. And I'm more involved with the goal number three, but we work together collaboratively on all three of those. And uh, we have a rotation where each month uh, the board gets an update from one of those goal committees. And they've been very appreciative of that and very uh, supportive of the plan. And, and it's gone well so far. And I know from the beginning, one of the things that uh, Mr. Harp has built into uh, the strategic plan is holding ourselves accountable to making sure that we attend to these goals. And yep. we are trying to make it uh, workable, 
actionable Tangible. type yes types of things that uh, should reap benefits for all of our students families and staff so well, I know and, we, and in the in the past we, we've had goals but sometimes our goals would be 25 or 30 items long so we thought it, it was be responsible to have three goals that we can all recite we can all talk about we can focus our efforts on those mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Well, I know the first one is, is branding we've had we've been meeting with I'm a yeah. member of that committee now the academic achieve, achievement uh, I guess that committee is in, active and involved right there is there anything particular we need to share about that committee well right now we uh, we've been meeting because you know um, a goal one of the, the first steps that we talked about was developing a, a SMART goal because just saying we're going to work on achievement is very broad. And I would say with goal number two, when we've met, trying to come up with some actionable, real meat to uh, be able to tie some data to that, those have been the discussions. You know, as a district, what kind of benchmarks, what kind of data do we want to collect? Some of the work that we've done, uh, our committee's taken time to search, uh, contact other schools. What are they doing? What do they do? Because, you know, you don't have to reinvent the wheel, you know, and building that network, connecting with other colleagues that are also working to improve their districts have has been very beneficial so we're looking at what are those how can we word that in a smart goal way that means that uh, it's specific it's measurable it's attainable you don't so many times you just you're talking about the pie in the sky Mm -hmm, you know mm -hmm. what's something that we can do you know and we can see you know results from and timely you know you you have to have a time limit it's not just hey you know we've got the rest of our lives to work on this you know trying to think and chunk it out so that we have chunks that we can work on and accomplish and you know we've done that in goal one also trying to think what's 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 a logical uh first step that we can and on the podcast before you uh, if you want to hear a little bit about for goal one and our marketing and branding um, we had Timberline talk yes. a little bit yeah. about those first parts, and here we are in uh, January, and we expect soon to have um, some feedback from those um, stakeholder interviews, so that we can see, as we uh, our committee members said, you know what's you know sunshine and what's that stuff we've been keeping in the corner <laughs> that we right. want to work on. Don't look here. Uh, yeah. Don't yeah. look here. Because but- that's all part of it. And, well, I know. And oh, go ahead. Some of my recent involvements with uh, with goal number two, I've been working a lot with the high school. Uh, Mr. Prangy, Mr. Reasoner, Mr. Fife, and I have been meeting with uh, with county CEOs, mm-hmm. and um, our, our goal there is to find out. I mean, obviously, we want to expand our CTE programming and our graduation pathways, but we want to find out. What do they need out of graduates of Seymour High School? What what kind of skills are they looking for? What kind of pathways um, do they think will be best for the growth of our community? And so we've had some very productive meetings gathering that information, and uh, and, and that fits nicely within our, our, our goal number two. As you said, and specific yeah. ideas we can get. Let's say Seymour tubing. Well, we need yeah. students that can work well putting pieces together and know how to problem solve. So this is a specific thing. What I, I think is makes it valid, much more valid. Not not valid, but much more valid. It does. And one thing that I, one piece of information we've gotten from them that I think relates to all of us as we deal with kids, 
Um, we did get specific academic information, things that they want, but they also want employees who show up to work on time, employees who are flexible when, when changes come in, employees with good attendance rates, employees who can work well with others. So those soft skills that, that we talk about sometimes, I mean, they're very important, and we're hearing that straight from the CEOs in, in the county. I've heard that too. Um, specific things that, and I hate that this sounds like I'm an old codger, but it was stuff that we kind of had ingrained. I mean, we always, I mean, you get to work on time, you get there, you get there early. And not that that's not as prevalent today, but that's something we have to continue to stress. Mm-hmm. And, and the first step, and this seems so obvious to us as educators, but the first step for a kid in achieving that is getting that their diploma, their high school diploma. And we need to continue to reinforce how important that is for, for, the, for the kids to reach that first step of, of graduating with a diploma from Seymour High School. Because that opens the door. Yep. That, that start, that's the springboard to whatever you, want, you really specifically want to do. Um, and I know at the bottom of all these goals and from the board and from you guys that have stressed, bottom line, what's best for our students? What's best for our kiddos? What's best for our community? I know that's a lot of responsibility, but going, jumping ahead real fast, I know you guys are pressed for time. I appreciate it. The, the facilities aspect, the facilities goal, what, what does that entail? So the uh, facilities is tough to, to work on from a committee standpoint because you're talking tremendous cost you know, to renovate, to build, and, and do those sort of things. So what we've really focused on in the facilities committee, um, we, we're looking for areas where we can improve physical and, and passive security within our facilities, um, areas that we can improve um, school pride, uh, where we can display school colors and, and those sort of things. But ultimately, once, and this is where they all tie together, once the marketing and branding committee, once they issue that, this is our, this is our official color, this is our official logo, um, you will start to see that creep into what we're doing in goal number three, and, uh, and you'll see that surface all over the place, I hope. There are only so many dollars, so you, you know we will prioritize areas where we think we need to uh, work first. We have done some things. Uh, if you'll, Mr. Manns and Mr. Bansky are part of our committee, and if you have not been to the Commons to see what they've done uh, with logo work and, and branding athletics and the, and the it whole looks thing, great. It's, it looks great. It's incredible, and that's a space that really was showing its age and really needs spruced up, and they've done a great job with that. Mm-hmm. And I think also with, with facilities, too, that that's kind of t- can tie in with the works directly with the branding, I think, as you were saying, because we can put that up. It's we're all tied together and it brings a lot of a lot of pride to what we're doing. Now, as far as facilities, too, this, this is where you guys, your jobs just seem overpowering to me is that you're not only looking at now, but you're looking at five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten years in the future. We're a growing district. And I mean... Where does it come in like, well, eventually we're going to need a new elementary school or high school. Is that part of the facilities planning too? It is. And we're, I don't want to say we're at the beginning, but we're, we're toward the beginning of that, uh, of that, of that situation. We're, we're having a lot of discussions with our board. Uh, we're having a lot of discussions uh, internally to determine what our needs are now, but also what they are going to be. Um, you know, and you can put down all the numbers you want with enrollment. And, and we're looking at those projections, but also needs change. You need more areas for, uh, sometimes for pullout services, sometimes for, uh, for meeting areas. Um, uh, you need uh, classrooms designed for push-in services. You, so those needs are always changing as well as the, the space requirements based on our enrollment. 
So it never, you guys never get to rest, do you? That's right. <laughs> What's the yes, latest yes. you've gotten a phone call? Yeah. Uh, midnight after midnight ever? Oh, absolutely. <laughs> Anytime. Anywhere. <laughs> yes. That's right. Yes. Well, guys, I know you. I want to thank you for your time. I know your time is very valuable. I appreciate it. In closing, anything we'd like to add uh, to talk about our strategic goals or anything like that? Uh, one of the things that I um, – would add is I think that in the future we will have some community meetings where we will share this information about what our school is doing what it's about you know our, our brand work those types of things so I would encourage all listeners to come get information because in this world of social media there are so many times that information is put out there and it's not actually the fact yes so exactly um mm-hmm. having these opportunities you know at, at various times various places we really want the public our students our staff everyone to come and you know hear it from the horse's mouth so to speak mm-hmm. and you know uh, make sure that the information that you're basing your decisions your ideas about our district are correct Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And the fact. Right. And actually the facts. Right. Yes. Right. Mr. Harp? No, I would just say two weeks into 2020, into the second semester, we're off to a great start. And uh, we want to continue that momentum uh, up and through spring break and then and close the semester out. And it's hard to believe that we're already working on initiatives for next year. So I want, that's one thing I wanted to ask. When do you guys start planning for, say, 2120 and 2122 now mm-hmm. now yeah it, it, it's always a uh, a a job where you're planning you're looking at the past you're you're working in the now and you're planning for the future at all times so <sighs> no gray hair yet for Mr. Hart. Yeah. <laughs> Mr. Rodman's given his. Only his hairdresser knows for sure. Okay, I want to thank you both for being here. Appreciate the time very much. And this has been the Owl 360 Podcast, where we're soaring to excellence. Everyone. Every day. Go Owls. <laughs>